0: This is podcast number 475, and I'm Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests.
3: Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Wheatonopolis.
1: Hey, this is Peter. I write uh, reviews for Why So Blue and Live in Hollywood.
2: And this is Tom. I'm a professor of media and communication at Palm Beach Atlantic University in West Palm Beach, Florida.
0: All right. Thank you, guys. Let's start off with the news. First up, we have that for some inexplicable reason, Dexter is returning as a limited series on Showtime. It is the the comeback none of us were asking for because Dexter literally had one of the worst finales in the history of television. Like, why? (laughs) Is this to fix it? Like, are they trying to
3: fix how badly? I, I feel like you can't fix that. That was pretty no, unfixable. They said they were not going to retcon it, but they were going to somehow make up for it. And I, I don't know how that works. I had actually stopped watching it for the last two years it was on because I couldn't take it anymore. So I, I when I heard when I heard what the, the finale was like, it was like I said to myself, I congratulated myself for not having watched it. So I wouldn't. You know, get to the end and think I had wasted get two more years of my life on that. The idea of coming back to this again, um, I, I can't I can't imagine it thrilling anybody. This well, is, I mean, this I feel like
0: I'm not sure what they kind of bribery that they have on Michael C. Hall to make him come back. Like, what kind of pictures or whatever they have on him? Because uh, I can't imagine the scripts are so good. He's like, oh my god, I got to come back to this. But whatever. All right, next piece of news. Star Trek Discovery has been renewed for season four right after the premiere of season three, so I guess the numbers were good for CBS for the premiere. Um, Black Monday has been renewed for season three on Showtime. Uh, In my sad category, Americana is not moving forward at HBO Max because of Lupita Nyong'o's scheduling conflicts. I mean... I'm really upset. I'm kind of gutted by this because this was Deny's, uh showrunner debut, and but I mean, both of them are really busy actresses, and to find time where they both had time in their schedule to do this because of COVID, now she's she's out. She can, you know she has other uh, conflicts, and it really makes me sad. But I'm hoping it means it's not gone because they both really want to do this show. So hopefully they'll figure out a time where their schedules line up again. Uh, But that really makes me really sad. Uh, The Last OG was renewed for Season 4, which does not make me happy or sad or anything. It's annoying. Uh, LA's Finest has been canceled after two seasons, which is not surprising considering their on-set tragedy that they had. And Tatiana Maslani has said that she is not cast as She-Hulk she and does not understand why they said she was. So that's confusing because that came out of Marvel. And I just want to hear, Tom, you had a speculation on why you believe that was true.
2: I wonder if there were some money problems getting the deal done.
0: But I would think they wouldn't announce until the deal was done, right?
2: One would think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I mean, I don't know. That's
2: crazy. I think it's really weird, too. All
0: right, Tom, you have news.
2: Amazon has bought the streaming uh, rights for coming to Numero 2 America. Get it? Har har har. Um, so that's not going to a theater. It's going directly to Amazon. Apple TV Plus has announced that Kate Hudson will be joining Truth Be Told Season 2. And Kira Knightley has quit the Essex Serpent ...because of childcare concerns during this COVID-ravaged world. Fox has announced that Last Man Standing will really end with season nine. HBO Max has, has announced that the Grease spinoff Rise of the Pink Ladies... ...will be moving to Paramount Plus. And HBO Max has also acquired Studio Canal's psychological thriller Possessions. Netflix has given a series order for Emma Roberts produced First Kill... ...which is a vampire series... Peacock has announced that Joshua Jackson will replace Jamie Dornan in their Doctor Death um, limited series. Showtime. Can I
0: just say Joshua Jackson is a better actor? But continue.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it it depends. Do you want you know? Do you want (laughs) really hot dude or better actor dude?
0: Well, Joshua Jackson's not ugly. No, No.
2: he is. Jamie Dornan, you know, mommy porn. The triple, you know.
0: (laughs) What's the name of that thing? Is it Twilight? No, it's not Twilight. It's a uh, no, The thing uh, the gray like, uh, something.
2: Fifty Shades of Gray. There you go. Mm. Right. Um. And then Showtime has announced ha- that the president is missing from Pat James Patterson and William Jefferson Clinton will not be moving forward. And they also ordered Flatbush Misdemeanors, a sitcom based on Kevin Iso and Dan Perlman's web series.
0: All right. First up. We're gonna talk about uh, Lovecraft Country, and this was the penultimate episode. And we, as I, I mean, I think as far back as like episode four, we knew we were gonna do time travel because we we're like, oh, remember that time where we got saved by that stranger who came and did the thing? And I was like, oh, there's a time machine involved. Like, I, I mean, it was very obvious that time travel was gonna happen at some point.
2: Can I call oh. this episode Black to the Future? <laughs> <laughs>
0: only if you want to get, you know <laughs> drummed out of this thing all right that was pretty bad uh but it was it was a really i would i don't know if it was a good well done episode it was it was daunting it was disturbing it was emotional and you know time travel so it had all those I things
2: i that he was the stranger who saved his young well, father i mean
0: i that, i felt like that was obvious
2: yeah but still it was still great though
0: yes because yeah.
2: they're like wait a minute who <laughs>
0: Who's the stranger? Who comes? He's like, yeah, Dad. I, I know, mean, know that story.
3: It's like you're kind of waiting for it. It's like, come on, come on. We know already. Get to it. But it was still very satisfying. You oh know, yeah. When when he actually starts hauling off and and you know whacking people, it was very satisfying to see. I will and say, I think th- it's interesting that there's like this. Is this the second or the third show this season that is actually addressed the the tulsa massacre this is the second Um, this is the second because i know you know watchman did it i was i i thought that there was some other that 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 was dealing with it if, if only in documentary form but um i mean you you talk about this this period of history this event which has been all but ignored for such a long time and then in one year we get two dramatizations of it um, you know, and and really not pulling any punches whatsoever. And in I,
2: sci-fi I thought, fantasy shows too.
3: Yes. Yeah. Let's let's hear it for sci-fi addressing. <laughs> um, yeah, not the fluffy little genre that people used to think of with you know little ray guns and rockets. Um, but uh, although they do have this too. But I was just impressed with with how they handled it and, and the storyline itself, even though a lot of it, I thought narratively was predictable. uh, I still really appreciated the storyline itself and, and what they did with it.
0: I really like the, 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 the house where Letty has to like know that everybody in that house is going to die and try to make it because she knows she can't change history. Like that was just like I was like I will have PTSD after this moment. Thank you very Absolutely. much.
2: Yeah. Was this the episode where Letty Letty tells um, the dad that he, that she's pregnant, and, and the dad's like, "Yeah, we we already know that." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was funny.
3: <laughs> Sorry, not a spoiler. <laughs>
0: And, and I like that they didn't have to have the awkward Andre. conversation because once she finds out from the dad that they already know, then her and uh, Tick are just like, yeah, yeah, okay, shorthand. Like they had <laughs> a really quick short, like, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Um, but it was, and I really have to say the mo- one of the most moving things is when you understand the dad because we get to oh. see his childhood and we get to see what he went through and all that stuff and it, like, it makes it very plain why he becomes the person he becomes. And that and moment with his boyfriend was just oh, that broke my heartbreak. heart. Yeah, that broke my heart.
2: No, so. and, and it's interesting because at the beginning of the series, I mean, he's Montrose is the plot. His 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 being missing is the plot engine that gets everything in motion. But once you find him, he's kind of a douche. Yeah. <laughs> And then we start to humanize them throughout, and this is the episode. It's like, oh, man, your life kind of sucked. Yeah. (laughs) You didn't survive. Go Go ahead.
3: Also, I think it goes to to the fact that abuse and addiction are generational. And so seeing the source of that was... I think very important to the development of his character and your understanding of who he is and why he is that way and it, it just it was it humanized him in a, in a way that i thought was fantastic mm-hmm. um even though it was hard to watch the uh and he, you, it just makes you think too you know the father he probably came from a similar background that's why he's so terrible it just keeps being passed on I think the only reason that that Atticus isn't necessarily that way is because his father removed himself from raising him so much. He was he was essentially raised by his uncle more than anything else. Right, and was, so that was helpful. who
0: might also be his father. Probably his who violent. might also?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: that was a really soap opera moment. But um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but I think that also made it a big difference because he was he was raised with someone who was not abusive and and so he that i think that was the the chain was broken at that point
0: right all right um let's move on obviously we're saying thumbs up definitely i I cannot wait for the finales tonight right yep yeah i i they have so much to do but i really feel like they're gonna knock it out Sure. all right next yeah, up that's true. uh we're gonna talk about star trek discovery and this is the premiere of season three and this is let's this episode we take a leap 930 years into the future and uh michael burnham commander michael burnham is on her own without a ship without a clue she lands in the wrong place and in the wrong time probably and has no idea she's really fish out of water kind of situation. And, but what I thought was bizarre is you start the episode with this guy just, like, brushing his teeth, doing the same routine over and over again. And at first I actually thought he was an android until we got to the brushing of teeth port part where I was like, why would an android need to brush their teeth? Uh, but when you realize it's a human, you're like, wow, this dude's life just is so kind of boring. And it all culminates to one of the best ends, but we'll get there later. What did you guys think of the adventures of Michael Burnham in the year, in the t- 32nd century? What do you mean, the adventures of Rocket Girl in the
2: 32nd century? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go ahead, hit me with it.
2: I thought it was a fun way. I mean, it's basically a soft reboot.
0: Yeah.
2: And, you know, people have had varying degrees of happiness with seasons one and season two. But one of the cool things they did is this is the furthest we've ever been in the future of a Star Trek series. And we find out that the Federation uh, exists nominally. But when you finally see the flag, there's like six or seven stars on it.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I was like, where are all the stars, man?
2: Yeah. So, um, and Michael literally coming out of the wormhole in her her red angel getup she literally bumps into Book's spaceship and sends them both careening down to this planet. And then when she, she runs into him again, they had this awesome fight scene. Oh, that was good. Because <laughs> he's ticked because, you you know, you've screwed up what I'm doing. And she's like, I, I didn't mean to. <laughs> so as as, a very, as, as I was like, cool. Farscape did the same thing where he came out of his
0: wormhole and crashed into somebody. And except then someone was trying to kill him for the rest of the series.
2: Which one? Oh, in Farscape. Farscape,
0: yeah. 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 But, but... Uh, I have to say the, the way they introduced Book, every time she punched him, I was like, yeah, he totally deserved it. Like, he <laughs> just seemed like such a jerk at the beginning. Uh, I was like, it, punch it, him it, again. Yeah.
2: The brilliance is when we find out what he was doing, it's like, oh. <laughs> yes. They, really, they, 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 they did a shorthand making him a
0: good guy very quickly.
2: Very quickly, but um, they definitely have the. Uh, I mean, they've taken that romantic comedy trope about when I first met you, I hated your guts, to <laughs> <McTree>. <laughs> with wow. a lot of fight. But it was fun to see a lot of the different Star Trek aliens, especially the the Lurian, like Morn from Deep Space Nine.
3: Oh, okay. Oh, I saw him in the background.
2: Yeah, a, a Lurian showed up, so I'm like, oh, cool. I'm gonna tag in Allison.
3: Go ahead, Allison. Uh-huh. I sorry, go ahead. your turn. oh, okay, well,' because, you know I have I did not watch season two at all. I was very put off by season one and just out of out of pure curiosity because i I heard that they were you know doing a soft reboot of, of this and um, sending it into the future, and it was gonna be very different uh, I, and I had time on my hands. I figured okay, I'll tune in, take a look. And um, I enjoyed it. I did. I, I don't know how much sense it's making. And it still doesn't feel like Star Trek. It feels sort of like Star Wars. Um, it's like The Mandalorian Part 2. But um, even so, it was enjoyable. It was fun to watch. And I really, really... You know, one of the things I didn't like about Season 1, I normally like uh, Sonequa, uh, Martin Green. I loved her in... in uh the walking dead and i didn't like her character at all in in discovery and i didn't like the way she was playing it and and in this i thought she was great especially when she gets really high Um, (laughs) and just it's she's having the best time Mm -hmm. um it was it was fan it was a fantastic scene and it just made me kind of love her as a character a lot uh every, everything about this episode really got me to feel more about these two characters um, than everything that I saw in season one, you know, that happened on the ship. So'm I'm, I'm on board. I'm, I'm interested enough to keep watching it. Uh, I, you know, I think it was smart to, to set it in the fu- in the far-flung future. It gives them, Something to work for as you said and it gives them the freedom also you know one of the problems with setting it where they did is that you you know you couldn't do anything without it breaking canon without it looking ridiculous without everything looking more sophisticated than it should Um, and you know if unless you're planning on doing everything in a very primitive way which they weren't nothing that they had made sense so now they, they're freed of that. They can make things look as futuristic and as ritzy and glamorous as they want to um, and, and play with the, the situation and the character because they've blown up the, the Federation and now they're free to do narratively what they feel like doing. So I think that's going to make a big difference in terms of how the, the season is going to go no. and how they're going to write. Well, now I'm worried about they, they're doing a Pike series now. So that's even closer
0: to <laughs> canon. And I don't know how that's going to fit. Cause yeah, no.
2: <laughs> they, they've already announced that the Pike series is going to be mostly uh, self-contained episodes. But there will be some arc threads. But it won't have the you know the grandeur. I did like the reveal of what Book was up to. Oh, yeah. It was very reminiscent of Star Trek IV so and uh, michael burnham getting swallowed by the by pig, a whale by yeah. him, him having to tell, tell the creature to spit her out <laughs> that was pretty good they had some She's humor like, this is a personal log for that day
0: yeah <laughs> i re- i did think that they uh wait didn't that happen on lower decks that same thing happened to uh, boymer on Lower Decks. He got swallowed by some sort of whale creature. Am I crazy? I feel like that happened. Uh,
2: I, I think you're probably right. It was like in the first half of Lower Decks.
0: Yeah. Anyway, sorry. It just got distracted. I was like, wait, that already happened. Uh, anyway, but I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying the season. I like the new love interest for, for Michael because I really hated the one she had in the first season a lot. Like a lot, a lot.
2: You never uh, be warmed up to Shazib. Oh, uh,
0: not at all. I am so glad that character is gone. Like
2: uh, character is not gone.
0: He no longer exists in my universe. How does that? How does that work?
2: <laughs> he might be one of the leads of the uh, of the Section Thirty One series.
0: Yeah, and then I might not be watching it. Like I can't. <laughs> I cannot stand him.
2: Well, Michelle uh, Yeoh's the lead, so
0: I like her, but I don't know. They might cancel each other out. So. <laughs> Anyway, so um, let's move on. Uh, Next up, we want to talk about Emily in Paris. And we're going to talk about episode five and six. And in episode five, we have what? They go to the museum, right? Yep. Uh, We have...
2: uh, Go ahead. She's she's found a new gal pal in uh, Hot French Dude's girlfriend, Gabrielle's.
0: Yes. I mean, well, they were friends before she found out that they were together. But now it's just awkward. They have this whole you know, awkwardness between them.
2: Well, she thinks it's, uh, the, uh, the girlfriend thinks it's awkward because Gabrielle doesn't warm up to people, which we know he warmed up to Emily's shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got
3: real toasty there. <laughs> yeah.
0: What was going on at work in that episode, though? Was there a work thing? I
3: don't
0: oh,
2: remember. Uh, trying to woo. Uh, th- 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 their, their work things are almost oh, always... Oh, yeah. Creepier, yeah, actually, that... Compliant.
3: Go ahead. I think yeah. I think it was a big thing. It was they, they were trying to uh, to keep happy. I don't think he, they were wooing him. I think they were trying to keep him from leaving. Um, the elderly uh, fashion designer, who's he was sort of like a French version of Halston, really. That, no, 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 no. They.
2: That's episode six.
3: Oh, okay. I thought that that was episode five, and then they paid off in episode six.
2: No, nope. episode nope? six. Episode okay, six so... is when he calls you basic.
3: Okay. Oh, oh you're yeah. right. Okay, so I don't remember. I've seen them all. I don't. They're all bleeding together into one big episode.
2: <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't it the? Wasn't it the? Um, no. Shoot. I was gonna say, wasn't it the, the the female client who? Yeah, it's the female client, and Emily gets invited. She gets invited to this thing because she's an influencer. Right, and they, and they, gave, her one, tiny, they gave her a tiny. They oh, gave her a tiny bag right. because she, she didn't, didn't have, have, have enough flowers. She had
0: enough followers, right? But she did know her stuff and and the woman offered her a job and she's like, no, I'm with this firm. And she knew who she was working with. And she was like, yeah, she, that woman's going to stab you in the back. Watch out for her
2: back. She's going to stab her in the front.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's true too. And has repeatedly. Yes. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and then in episode six, we, uh, yeah, she has, she dates, she meets some dude. I can't remember how she met him. But he seems nice until he starts speaking, and then once <laughs> he starts speaking, you're like, "Wow, this guy's a jerk." Because uh, she like slept with him really fast without really, you know, getting to know him that well.
3: Oh, she meets him at the the cafe. He's he's um, sitting at the cafe and she's oh right next watching. to him, right, right, we right. Talking. Yeah. yeah, and he
0: seems nice to her, but wow, once he starts talking. Like, he thought she was at a certain level, and so he was civil to her, but then when he met people he thought were below him, wow, was he just not a cool he, guy. Yeah, he was an elitist douche nozzle. Yes, that's, 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 a, that's, that's pretty accurate, base-
2: right? She embraces her, ba- her basicness in this episode.
0: <laughs> well, and, they, oh, that was, and that was the one where she meets the, the designer, and he tells her that she's basic because of her, her little <laughs> charm on her purse— and I was like, really? She almost lost her job because she put a charm on her purse? Like, that's crazy.
2: I don't like the, the way they handle a lot of the work stuff. Just let me lay that out there. I think it's Darren Starr's fantasy version of work stuff. Those people are so unprofessional. I don't care what country you're in.
0: Oh, yeah, everybody sent, was unprofessional, yeah.
2: She's by the American owner of this French thing? Yeah has much more power and they should be glad she doesn't report they're all a-holes and get them fired and replaced with somebody else who can play ball so i think part of the problems um you know from my my time as a junior executive paramount i take exception to a lot of these movies that that are written by people who've never been in a real corporate office before and they have this fantasy version of what goes on
0: Right, yeah, I agree with you. I've been in a corporate office before and none Mm -hmm. of those things would happen.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I said before that one of the things that irritates me about the show is that basically everything is set up for her to, you know, constantly fail upward and shine and in ridiculous ways and everybody else around her is is cartoonishly, arrogantly French. And, you (laughs) know, and this was a perfect example of it. It's like she, she, she goes to this designer's place she was deliberately told, you know, come with us, you know, come now, we're doing this, we're handling this. And, you know, then she gets blamed later because she has this little Eiffel Tower charm hanging off her handbag. It's like you saw that charm hanging off her handbag from the time that she left the office all the way up, you know, through the streets and up the elevator. And, and if this was something that was going to set this guy off, they had a right to, to they had every responsibility to, to, tell, to her, tell her to tell right. her. You know, leave that off of it or change
0: clothes leave, or something like that.
2: Leave your like bag at the car.
3: Right.
0: Any number of things. So how is it? Yeah. Problems. And it's like, how is that her fault that, that? and they're like, they were on the verge of acting like they were going to fire her. And I was like, do they have the authority to fire her?
3: They don't. They
2: don't. No, yeah.
3: No. And it was just it was a manufactured problem. It really yeah. was. Just so, you know, she could end up looking wonderful later. I will have
0: to say though that I did enjoy the dinner between her idiot new boyfriend, and then the double date. And, and everybody's like, yeah, your boyfriend's a, a jerk. And she's like, oh, is he? And then when they get to the opera, she's like, wow, you are a jerk. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Because it's like, he didn't have a concept. She's like, look, I'm not coming here for the opera. I'm coming here for work. Why are you being... You know, he was just being so ridiculous. Like, I... It's like I cannot be seen going to this play that that's it was a ballet. Just, actually, they, they were, were doing Swan Lake. W- thought w- it
3: was just too w- common. And I know,
0: yeah. But I was like, she's doing it for her job. It has nothing to do with her taste. And she said that, like, come on, dude. Just like, oh, he was. He was bad. I did not like him. And I'm glad he's gone. So <laughs> there's that. So thumbs up, I guess, ish for Emily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about transplant, and um. I really like... Are we talking about five and six or just six? Your choice. I think... I mean, I don't remember five, to be honest. And six is very fresh. I just watched it last night. So I'll just do that one. And I really... I thought what was really good about this episode was everyone just assumes that this guy... That he... Our guy's going to just be calm, under pressure, and everything. And they were doing the live fire exercise... Like they had a had a shooter, uh, the fact active shooter in the hospital and the fact that they had to run that is daunting. And the fact that he was super calm during the whole thing and then after it, he had a serious PTSD moment, which makes sense because he's been through this before. Like this is this might be an exercise for everybody else, but for him, it was like his life. And I really like that he had a very adverse effect to it. And he, didn't, he genuinely didn't know what to do about it. So what were your thoughts?
2: He, he poured the old Talks to the, sh- the Shrink. About I my friend. A <laughs> with this problem.
0: <laughs> yes. But, I mean, I like that the Shrink was like, look, either this person needs to get help or they need to, you know, he was like, he gave him a couple of choices. And he's like, well, I can't. He's like, something has to happen. You better figure something out. Uh, and I don't know if The Shrink really knew if it was him, because he was like, normally I would get a patient file. How come I don't have a patient file? I think
2: he suspected. Yeah. he's going to know his background.
0: Right. I thought that was pretty... Well, he's the one who, that he actually asked to see him because of his background. So, uh,
2: what else did he you... Kind of, have... He kind of took his advice, his little one-night stand with the social worker. <laughs> That's not exactly... No emotions were discussed during that
0: one-night stand, so...
2: But pleasure was had by both parties.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do like the so- social worker aspect, but I do feel like it's so casual that I can't even ship it. I was like, okay.
2: I ca- you know I hope they build something with that with the relationship. Is the- she's she's really a supporting character, but she's been around enough, and they've kind of established a rapport. So that could be a nice you know way that something more permanent comes through. I that. feel
0: like they're. The slow burn is him and the other doctor. That's the, what I got.
2: The blonde doctor.
0: Yeah, I think that's the, that's the final. Like that's where they're going.
3: Huh. I got those vibes. Interesting. All right, Allison, your thoughts. Um, you pretty much covered everything. Besides which, you know, I. I watched it like almost a month ago now so i don't exactly have a very fresh memory of specific episode events um but i just remember being impressed with that i know they 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 did a lot of flashbacks showing what it is he has ptsd about and that kind of fleshed out the the motive for him getting out of dodge um and what happened to his family uh we haven't seen that yet Oh, we haven't seen that? Yeah, I thought that that was part of this episode. Which goes to, you know, I saw it like a month ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys pretty much covered everything. All right. Any other thoughts, Tom, before we move on?
2: Uh, the thing about the, the kid who was not necessarily a hypochondriac, but the dude, that was kind of sad.
0: Oh, the, the one that kept thinking that he was sick, and he didn't he he didn't a, get resolved. His... Yeah, it doesn't get resolved. And,
2: and, and the sister said, "You know, this has been going on since he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Our parents deal with." And the kid, uh, and then the uh, the trans team. I thought they handled that very that well. That was since...
0: something that the I don't think the U.S. would ever do a storyline like that. Like, well, they're not...
2: airing it. <laughs> they're true, airing but, it.
0: but I feel like the network. I don't know. Like, I felt like that was a very like, wow, I can't believe they're dealing with that. And it was, it was pretty progressive. So I was impressed. Cause, and then they told us stuff I didn't know. I was like, Oh, I didn't know you could do that. So that was cool. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about social distance, which is a show that Tom watched. So, so that the rest of us didn't have to.
2: <laughs> What'd you think, Tom? What should it's, it's quite good. It's an anthology series. One of the Oranges of the Black writers, Orange is the New Black Writers, came up with the idea, pitched it to Netflix, and well actually probably pitched it to Gingy because Gingy has big sway at Netflix. So Gingy Cohen is one of the uh, executive producers. But it's basically people deal you know, people's lives during the pandemic. And episode one, the lead was Mike Coulter and Steven Weber had a, a strong supporting role. But uh, Mike Coulter has just broken up with his girlfriend or gotten a divorce. Anyway, he, it starts at a socially distanced AA meeting. And in the course, he he adopts uh, – he's missing his 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 uh, girlfriend or wife. And so he ends up coming up with a houseplant and then putting the houseplant in glasses and pretending like it's a person. <laughs> and then post Instagram posts on it. And so initially he's a social media darling and then people turn on him but basically what ha- he falls off the wagon and that's the thing and then while he's off the wagon he posts a video and you can see people posting on his feed you know a mix of good and bad but some- his sponsor calls him up steven webber plays his sponsor and so the end of the episode is him reintroducing himself to the aa group and starting over again because he's lost his you know how many ever days he is sober Episode 2 had a, a a Latina a Latinx cast led by Oscar from the office and also um uh the guy from um Scandal the the fixer you know the one um
0: Yes, I know who the fixer is. I know who you're yes. talking
2: about. Basically a family who's lost their patriarch and then uh I won't divulge the secret but what's funny is they're doing a Zoom call, and the uncle can't get his microphone on, and they're like, "Just touch the button. Look, look, this is okay. If you can hear us, it's okay." But it was just, it was mostly so something
3: I can it. relate to. <laughs> it, it
2: was it was a little bit lighter than episode one, but again, there's a night there's a a fun plot twist, and it's a great cast. But the notion of doing all these episodes and they're filmed socially distanced. But it was a great idea for a show, and the fact that you can get really good, high-caliber cast members to do this with you, and um, I highly recommend it, because they're short. They're, uh, I think the first one was, uh, they're, they're under 30 minutes in the episode, and there's only eight. Okay. So, All right. I- He's saying thumbs up. Netflix, right? Netflix. All right. <laughs>
0: next up, we're going to talk about the show Next. Uh, which is on uh, Fox and also on Hulu, if you miss it on Fox. And so there's apparently some confusion. They aired two episodes this week, but uh, most of our team only watched the one. So we'll talk about episode two, which I don't now. You're going to have to help me because I watched two together. So you're going to have to help me like where the break was. So what happened in the episode you guys watched? What did you guys think?
2: killer AI on the loose fakes its own death
0: <laughs> <laughs> film at 11 I know right that that's pretty much what happened yes and so they start off the episode with the the lead FBI agent being led away in chains she's being arrested and they're like why would you do such a heinous act and she's like i did it to protect my family dun dun and then it's like two days earlier or something like that, or two weeks earlier. So, I can't remember what the time stamp was. I think it was, was two weeks. I think it was two weeks. Yeah, and so it's all about where we left off, which is the little boy uh, with the gun. The AI is trying to convince him to go to school. Like, he's, what, nine or ten years old? Yep. And this mm-hmm. AI is trying to convince him to, to go to school with a gun? That's insanity. Um,
2: the AI is evil.
0: Yes, thank you. <laughs> I, I did pick that up. What'd you guys think of the episode?
3: I really liked it. I, I, I thought it was incredibly well-paced and had a lot of tension to it. I, you know, they, they fake you out as far as the gun thing is concerned, making you think, especially when she gets the phone call that the kid really did bring the gun and and used it. And uh, instead he just called his mom. (laughs) He knew better than to bring a gun to school. It turned out. Um,
2: Oh was, only life imitated art more.
3: If only, yes, that's true. But I did like the fact that they, they portrayed the kid as being a little smarter, a little more savvy, and that he was able to, to that kid was good. That he kid was, was incredibly good. good and brave. You know, they he had to be the one who faked out the computer so that they could try to find the the source of where where it was transmitting from. And uh you know, he, he held it together for a really long period of time. He was so crying, like, I, I, I
0: like that kid. He had the tear just like hanging out on his eye for like a minute before it finally drips down. Like that take, that's caliber acting right there. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. So I thought the kid was fantastic. I don't know any parents. I mean, he wasn't in physical danger because the AI was just an Alexa. So it wasn't going to do anything to him physically. But he was definitely an emotional danger because that computer told him all kinds of crazy stuff. It uh. was like your parents hate you. Your mom doesn't really love you anymore.
3: They're going to get was... divorced. They hate each other. Oh man, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: that computer was really trying to screw with his head. Um, and I feel like obviously, and I was like, man, this computer hasn't dealt with a lot of children before because it was like the stuff it was saying. I was like, this is going to work on a nine-year-old. What are you doing? um obviously the computer's still learning you know where the line is dealing with kids and dealing with because it's basically been manipulating adults so the stuff that you use to manipulate adults doesn't work with children you know and so how it was talking to the boy just really wasn't working
2: probably would have been better off getting a you know like a preteen or a where the the hormones are raging, raging, and the emotions are all over the place, and they're already in the "I hate my parents" mode. Right. So is this a, is this a limited series, or do we know if, it, or is it open ended? Do we know? I have no idea.
3: Don't I know. haven't looked. I actually kind of hope that it is a limited because I think this having this series build to a definitive climax would be a lot more interesting than just taking this and having to give it a cliffhanger and drag it out interminably, I, I think that this is a limited idea. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping they just decided, let's do one taut, really good season. Um, but who knows? It says,
0: uh, next is a 2020 fiction crime drama television series created, but it doesn't say limited.
2: Huh. Mm. I really like the That's cast, the especially class. the family.
1: Go, go ahead, Peter. Yeah. I oh, just heard a little of what you said because I'm I, I'm thinking I might watch the show, so I didn't want too much ruin. Um, and you're talking about manipulating the kid, so like on person of interest, the AI doesn't really talk. Is does this have a voice or is it texting the kid? It, it has it's a. It, 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 has it a gets voice.
0: inside of an Alexa, like so when the kid is talking to Alexa, like hey, help me. Answer questions. How far is it from blah, 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 blah? You know, the questions you would normally ask your Alexa, it does that. But then when the parents leave the room, it starts talking to the kid.
1: Oh. Is the voice a uh, famous person? Is no. it like. No. I can't think of it. It just sounds like an Alexa. It's like, oh, it's, Fish- it's Lawrence Fishburne or whatever. No, like, no, no, all right.
0: like,
1: no. No, it sounds like. You guys <laughs> both. You all seem to for because uh, I don't think we've really watched a network show in a while. So like you guys <laughs> I like Slatterly. Slatterly? is that his name?
0: Slattery, Latter- yeah, Slatter- he's he's good. And there's um, a there's a cool he, there's good. a cool little twist at the end of season one about his character. The Wait, is he a robot episode. or something? Uh, yes, he's absolutely a robot.
2: <laughs> at the end of season no. one or episode one? Episode one. Episode one. I was gonna say. I, I right, well, yeah
1: them. i might check it is out there. i mean i like i like stuff about ai but that's that actually is a funny idea that it's like oh well, of course you could have the alexa could talk yeah i mean that i could see that um hmm. yeah.
3: and All actually right. you know the the thing with slattery goes to my my hopes that this is a limited series because um his character don't um, get know, that's, i was like don't give away the twist No, I'm not going to give away the twist, but there's, you know, there, there would be some issues and, and, uh, yeah, I can't see how they would resolve that. So, all right, well, let's move on.
0: Uh, thumbs up for me for next. And guys, now you have two episodes to watch for next week. You'll have episode three and four. Um, and I like episode, uh, three a lot. I'm curious to see when you guys figure something out, and I'll ask you about it later. All
2: -hmm. right, Uh, next up we're going to talk
0: about uh, Supernatural, which was a very standard episode. I almost feel like we don't need to talk about it. Do we need to talk about it?
3: Not unless you want to. I mean, well, I mean, it it advanced the storyline a little bit because they they found Amara, or she found them. Right. So that's probably going to play into the finale. It is, but that's literally all that happened. And then, you True. know, Dean
0: lied to her, but what he said, I'm going to lie to her, so there was no surprises.
2: And yeah. then
0: uh Cass and um I mean there was a the big reveal to Cass that that uh Jack is going to have to die to kill Amara and uh Chuck. So, I mean, that's not super surprising either. No. Uh so there was no it was Though, I swear to God, the actor who plays Jack and the actor who plays Cass look so much alike. You telling me that they're not literally father and son blows my mind. <laughs> like, every time I... Because he's always like, my dad's... Because he considers the boys plus Castiel his father. Like, he has three fathers. But I was like, are you sure it's not just Cass? Cause, and I don't even understand why people seeing them standing next to each other... Like, they were supposed to be going undercover and Jack was supposed to be, like, infiltrating, and Cass was supposed to be the FBI agent. And I'm like, they're obviously, like, related, like, and they showed up at the same time. Like, I just, no, they look too much alike for me to believe that nobody was like, hey, you guys, are you sure you guys aren't related? You know. Um, what's funny is Misha Collins said that he's literally asked, about his the kid's parents and like made sure he did not sleep with his mother. Like he was like he said he, he actually said he was like, How how is he not my kid? Like, I don't understand. Um so yeah, they look a lot alike. It's very distracting to me.
3: Well narratively he can't be his kid for obvious reasons. Well yes, I know. He is the son of Lucifer.
0: Yes. yes. I understand that. But physically they look so much alike it's really distracting to me. But yeah, nothing. I mean, the biggest moment was Cass finding that out and him being super upset and be like, "I'm gonna figure it out." Yeah, that's it. I got nothing else.
3: Okay.
0: Uh, yeah. next up, we're gonna talk about Good Lord Bird, and that's episode two. I have to say, this episode was probably they did a it was a better episode, I think, because I was more engaged with the characters. And it had some really funny moments where I was like, "Wow, Henry, uh, you just got yourself in way more trouble than you anticipated." Because when he's like talking to that dude, and he's like, "I know how to do trims," and I was like, "I don't think trims means what you think it means." <laughs> like as he was saying it, I was like, "Wait, does trip? I don't think trim means that." And the guy's like trying to stop. Me. He's like, "No, no, 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 you don't want to say that." And he's like, "Oh, I could totally do trims." He's like. He's like, and everybody was like, why would you do that? And he said, uh, he's like, well, my dad taught me how to do it and I can do 10. He's like doing 10 guys in a day makes you way more money than just doing this. And I was like, oh, my God. And then somebody explained it to him and his jaw dropped. It was so great. <laughs> and him trying to pretend to be a woman in a brothel for a real, like it was crazy, but I have to say the emotion at the end of the episode is really what got me. Uh, Allison, your thoughts. So I don't like take the whole episode and just ramble.
3: Uh, no, I loved it. And I, I especially loved, I mean, first of all, yeah, him he, trying to, to manage in a brothel without the obvious becoming obvious, um, was, was interesting. And you're wondering how he's going to, to get around that. But, uh, I also like the fact that they were dealing with other characters, too, like the woman who was in the cage outside. Oh, right. Who was, you know, planning on on breaking out and taking her revenge. And all of that, that scene between her and the preacher. That was the highlight. Amazing.
0: That was 100% the highlight of the episode because these are two characters we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And these two actors sat down at this table and blew me away I mean she was basically like you taught me about the bible and how Jesus does this and this and then she broke down like her whole point of view and he was like yes but my point of view and then by the time they were done the preacher
3: was like uh I think she's right (laughs) Well, she, ba- she basically undermined everything he thought he believed in you know, right. and, and using, using his own religious beliefs, using the Bible to say, right. oh, what you're doing here is wrong. What you're supporting here is wrong. Uh, and, and it was, an, it was a remarkable scene because like you said, these are characters we've never seen before. And by the time. It, it, the scene was over. I was I was more invested in them. Yeah. than just about any other character in that we've seen so far. It was a,
0: it was so beautiful.
3: It was it was an amazing scene. And later on, you know, when when they, which is obvious, they're going to do from the. I mean the the, the 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 way it ends up is is preordained. Really, you know, they're going to all be hanging these people, and her walk. To, to just her leap off of the, the platform mm-hmm. because she was going to go under her own terms was amazing. And I mean, it just that that last intention of, of preserving her her dignity right. was a beautiful thing to see, as horrific as it was. Um, so I just, I loved all of that. And I, I loved finally when John Brown and his gang Finally, come marauding through. The well, couch. the thing
0: that's so annoying is they're like, "Oh, we're gonna come and save them before they get hung," and they come like hours later. I was like, "Guys, your watches are broken. What? What are you doing?" They were <laughs> like, "We're gonna, we're gonna totally bananas. stop this hanging and we're gonna set them free. And we're gonna." And the hanging happens, and then it's like hours later because Onion or Henry got drunk because he was so upset about it. Like he's laying out there. Like, passed out, so it's obviously been hours. And I was like, really, guys? You suck. Um, but they did free a bunch of people. They they burned down the town. And uh, I'm really glad that woman burned up getting her money. That made that was very satisfying to me.
3: Yeah, you uh, knew that was going to happen. As soon as she, she ran up those stairs, I thought, uh, last dumb decision you're going to make.
0: She's like, the money's um, all I've got. It was basically, it represented all her betrayals. She betrayed so many people for that money, mm-hmm. and then she finally got killed trying to get the money. And I was like, yeah, that felt right, you
3: know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and then, I, I love the way they killed Steve Zahn, frankly. Which that, one that was Steve just, Zahn? Steve Zahn, who, who normally, he usually plays such lovable, sweet characters, and he, oh, was, he yeah. was the guy who, who, you know, brought Onion and Bob to the brothel. And, right, right, and, right. Yeah. And who then practically proposed marriage? Uh, well, to the Onion. thing I feel like Onion didn't realize what was happening in that
0: conversation either. No, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, was, uh... everything about it was weird.
3: But I, <laughs> I loved, I loved how he. You could see it happening too, from the time they lit the cannon. You just, I was counting down the seconds, and I was not disappointed. It was, it was just, it was so grossly funny. Oh it yeah, it was great.
0: That was good, and I like that. When John Brown gets back to Onion, he's like, "I heard you were drinking, and you're doing." This. He's like, "Did you do this? No. Did you do that? No. Okay, your your soul's good. We're good." And I was just, <laughs> 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 "Oh man, oh it's, man, that was that was all pretty good." So I'm I'm actually I was actually happy to see John Brown. Wow, he actually came to the rescue. I was I was glad to see him leave, and then I was glad to see him come back. So. <laughs> that's 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 exactly how you're supposed to do it all right and, and next week w Diggs. yes oh yes he's playing um frederick douglas frederick Douglass, that's right all right uh next up we're gonna talk the walking dead the world beyond and this was episode three and what's interesting is uh what's hilarious is peter called me last night and we both gave our opinion of the episode and said the exact same opposite. We, we spoke at the same time and said the exact opposite things about the episode. It was actually pretty funny. And he was like, did you watch World Beyond? I was like, yeah, just finished it. And I was like, it was the best episode. He goes, it was the worst episode. And we said it at the same time. And I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> so I like this episode better than the other two. Go ahead, Peter what'd you say
1: Allison are you watching it still
3: um I actually forgot that that it Libya makes it available or before it actually airs and I spaced it so I did I haven't seen episode three yet
1: oh okay all right I will Tom Tom doesn't watch walking dead stuff right correct um okay uh we'll go on Libya
0: no, I wanted your opinion. I just basically said that I like this one. Okay, I'll say why I like this one. I like this one better than the other two because in the flashback, we got to know more about, I still don't know his name, the the, the big silent guy in the group because there's four characters. And his character got very little screen time in the first episode And he got a little more screen time in the second, but he had, like, hardly any dialogue. So I didn't really feel like I knew him at all. And so this episode is his flashback, and we get to learn more about him. And I'm not saying what we learned about him was earth shattering or, oh, my God, it's a shock. It's pretty much a little bit because you know he did something, and everyone's judging him on whatever something it was that he did. And this episode gives you more about it and the immediate aftermath of it and his shame about it and how he tried to get his second chance and the second chance didn't work and why he went off with these the two girls to go on the mission with them because they're the only two people who treated him like a human being in this new community, which was supposed to be a second chance. So I really like that aspect of the episode where we got to know this character better and I he feels like a real person to me now. So Peter, why am I incorrect?
1: Um, I guess I just I I guess I don't it's not that you're incorrect. I just don't I feel like for some reason, I guess I wasn't really noticing the structure of the show that essentially it's kind of like lost in a lot of other shows where each episode is basically the characters are doing, you know, they're on the run they're doing something. And then we focus on one person and then we get like a flashback. And I don't find that very engaging for something like the. I think you can do it sparingly, like on the original walking dead where we get to know Michonne for like maybe a whole season. I don't know before she actually gets like a flashback or something. I'm not saying you can't use flashback. I just don't find this I don't know. It just seems a little lazy and it's like that. And that's the structure of the show. It's like it, it just for some reason I didn't I did notice it in the last episode, but I was so engaged with getting with these four teens getting to know each other. They're on the run. They're in their little tree house and everything that the the guy, the other guy who's the adult, his flashback. I didn't love that, but I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like I'm focused on this. I think the problem in this episode was we have a flashback yes, I agree, we did get to know that character more, and I like that actor he's like the socially awkward one I do, I, I, I like him as a character, but at the same time our current situation is a holdover from the last episode, the last episode they had to get through something, they sort of get through it, and then they don't which I didn't like, even though I liked the last episode, I was just like, oh really it's like their mission is not done, they're not past this. Then in the new episode, that's the whole episode, like where it's like you have built up this thing that they have to do, and now it's like, if that was just the cold open where it's like, oh, we just need to get past these tires, and now we're on our way, I'd be like, fine. So now you've got the characters are stuck in one place that I don't find very compelling, and now we're doing a flashback of a character that I do like... So I'm not arguing you through that he's not interesting, but I just found that format like, uh. And the other thing to me was, in the second episode, the younger sister I kind of liked. I liked her being a teenager in the first episode when she was being all angsty, which I guess is also teenager. I found her really annoying. In this episode, she's kind of back to being that almost holier than thou I've got to save the day and I was like oh that's, that's not interesting like they're, I feel like when they're just being teenagers in a way of like just them in the moment I like it but when they're started to be pseudo when they're starting to be pseudo reflexive it feels a little pretentious the character the older sister who I love is she is narrating a poem it's a classic poem Tiger Tiger Burning Bright sorry I don't remember who wrote it and that actress who I like, even that felt silly Blake. to me. It was just like oh, I was taking myself too seriously. So yes, I did not like the episode.
2: <laughs> Blake wrote it, Peter. Blake.
1: Wait,
0: okay. What? What? He said Blake. Anyway, uh, oh. I I get your point about the actual the actual present tense. And the present tense, them getting out of that area with the tires is not that special. And I find it frustrating that if all these kids, uh, one of their classes is, hey, teach you how to fight a walker. I mean, Judith is 11 and knows how to fight walkers. Why are these teenagers who are 15 and 16 not knowing how to fight walkers? Like, I feel like they've failed as teachers. Yeah. I mean, Judith wasn't left out in the wilds. She was still, she was trained how to fight a walker. And then they took her out in controlled circumstances and had her fight walkers. And these kids were obviously not done the same service because none of them. I think this is the first episode. We're in episode three and they finally kill a walker in this episode for the first time. All the other ones, they've right. been dodging him, running away, doing all this. i was like, what is the problem, people? Um, and that I find to be that I find more frustrating than
1: anything else, because I feel and like
0: we... okay.
1: Go ahead. Well, and then we rush to this ending with the evil, the evil boss lady. Yeah, and there's that was not done particularly well. I like the scene. In theory, she's showing how much power they have. Like, she can open a refrigerator, turn on the electricity, and like look at all this stuff that in this community they're able to do in a post-apocalyptic world but it doesn't add up to much. And I think at the end we kind of see that she's sad, but it's like, who cares? Yeah, like, I don't care. Am I wrong? She,
0: no. Cause she killed everybody in the other community. She killed men, women, and children. She killed thousands of them because they might someday become a threat. Um, and that was ridiculous. So no, I don't care about her tears. Like that scene, I get what it was trying to do to make you make her feel like she had layers. And I was like, no, don't care. Still killed you know, all those like, people. Look,
1: you know, I guess I feel like I like the main four kids. I like I'm I am very I'm curious to see how they deal with the apocalypse in their way. But I just it's it's the things that feel like tropes to me. Like again, like the flashback. Yes, the use of a flashback. Well, is, I mean, there's a lot of like, tropes. Ah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
0: I still I still like the third yeah. episode better. I was
1: down for me on This one.
0: All right. Um, All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about the West Wing reunion. Not a reunion special. It was a voter thing where they basically took an episode that they have aired already and made it into a stage play. And Yeah, so it's a stage play of a previously aired episode, and then at the commercial breaks, we have PSAs from various number of people. I thought that they did a really good job of dramatizing this episode. Because I remember loving this episode. So it was very strange to watch it like from a different perspective. Um, but it was really well done. I I mean I was impressed. I
1: you know Max needs to just order nine more episodes and make it a whole season. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I thought that the, the I was worried that the format wasn't gonna work. But I was like, oh I really like the the, the stage format works everyone looks great like the cast is so good and they've got like more than 10 fantastic West Wing scripts that you could just redo. I loved it I thought I thought, it was, so, yeah. I thought it was so good
3: yeah I thought it was great and I, I was really impressed with how the, all the actors just just slipped into their old characters yeah. so comfortably like not a day. Had passed, you know, and been between now and the time that they were pl- playing those characters regularly, it was it was so much fun to watch. Um, and I like Sterling K. Brown, but I really he doesn't he doesn't seem really the the character too much. He was he was like an odd choice. Um, I guess he, he he's, have the
2: gruffness of Leo. Yeah, he's
3: what? he's very proper rather than gruff. Right, I and, I felt that he was doing.
0: Like on paper, the job, but the thing that's underlining between Leo and the president is their really long friendship. You feel that bromance, like it's always there under everything that they say to each other, and certainly it's just so much younger than him. It didn't, it doesn't yeah, work. You couldn't see that. You can't. You can't yeah. feel that. I mean, you felt like he was he was doing the job and he was professional and all of that. Like he he had he had the gravitas to be like stopping the idiots from having their prank war, that that's fine. <laughs> Though that made me laugh hysterically. I forgot about the desk. I totally forgot that the desk was going to fall.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, so all of that worked really great, but just that underlining bromance was just missing.
2: So
3: Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: I mean, I thought he was great as, as I could buy him as a chief of staff, just not that particular chief
2: of staff. Chief of staff, yeah.
3: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but other than that, I just loved it, and I, you know, I didn't realize how much I missed this show until they started playing the theme song with the chamber orchestra at the beginning, I and I, I actually cover. got, it got a little dusty in, in <laughs> my living room, it really did. I, I um, love that
2: cover of the theme song.
3: Oh, it was beautiful,
2: it really was. It, it, it made me realize, one, how great that cast was and is, how great Sorkin was and is, and uh, cheap pitch. You gotta watch Trial of the Chicago Seven out there in uh, around the t- t- TV campfire. It's uh, Sorkin wrote it and directed it, and it's streaming on Netflix. It was supposed to go into theaters, but thank you COVID. But it, it's pretty terrific. And also, uh, how bad current network television is. Just the fact that when we talk about a network show, that's the exception, not the rule. Everything else is basically streaming or cable, premium or basic.
3: Right.
0: Yeah. I
2: mean,
3: I mean yeah. there is great TV out there, but not on the networks, not yep. anymore. And you, you, you listen to the dialogue, oh, the, the dialogue is so gorgeous.
2: Smart to people. Every of us say yes.
3: And, and I like the discussion was about smart people.
2: Mm-hmm. That was
0: literally the discussion like, stop trying to be folksy. Like, you're brilliant, be brilliant, you know? Don't be ashamed of your brilliance.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, all of that was just just so moving, and, and it's like this is why I was watching The West Wing.
2: It's and, scary how relevant this show continues to be so many years after this episode aired.
0: Right, True. right. Um, any other thoughts before we wrap this up?
3: Uh, just that if they want to do more of these, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. They, they continue to be my fantasy administration.
0: Yes. Bartlett would be an amazing president.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So if
0: you guys have any questions or comments, leave them at tvcampfiregmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. Listen to us on tothepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, We Noveless, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.